Child, things are gonna get easier Ooh, child, things will get brighter Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier Thank you for joining the I Love South Orange County podcast, where we like to look at different perspectives. We like to look at things on a pragmatic level without an agenda, without any types of special interest. And we're going in depth into the homeless situation with Dr. Gardner, who has been around the world. Uh, he is a, a psychotherapist. He had that degree he was a uh, mayor in Lake Forest and he's looking uh, into the numbers doing a deep dive and we talked about how the data uh, you know the whole disadvantage there are lies there are damn lies and then there are statistics right so now in part four we're looking how we can mitigate dealing with flawed data so we can move forward yeah, hi, thanks for having me back. Uh, yesterday we were talking about the problems with the point-in-time survey and the fundamental flaws that were built into the design of gathering this data, which is the data that most people are aware of, the data that receives the most publicity, and the data on which decisions are made by politicians for programming and funding and uh, implemented by public officials. So in the course of so this- In that, that's why we know it's such a disaster, right? Because you got people collecting the data that aren't qualified. And then you have the, what my wife would call clients, but you have the homeless, whoever self-reporting. Right? So that's where we're at as we start this episode. Yeah, and you know, going back just briefly, in case people didn't hear the other episode, the point in time survey is the major source of information, but it's deeply flawed. It's a snapshot of what happens on a single night in January, right. the coldest and darkest night of all. It doesn't find all the hidden homeless who can be another 30% of the population. It relies on self-report, uh, from people by untrained volunteers who ask you, are you <laughs> mentally ill or developmentally disabled, etc. And uh, from year to year and from county to county, people have used whatever it occurred to them to use as their definition of mental illness or domestic dispute or substance abuse 
So one year you might be asked if you have a mental health problem. The next year you're asked if you're seriously mentally ill. One year you're asked if it interferes with your life or the next year if it's your job or the next year they don't ask you if it interferes with anything. So this deeply flawed system uh, is the major source of information about homelessness in the United States. That's no great kudos to the federal government who enforce it. That being said, there are some counties, it's not Orange County, but there are some counties that decided that this system could be used to get better data. And so they go out and they do more than the federal government asks. That's a rare thing, but it does happen in a few counties uh, where they use that as an opportunity to do a much better dive into the data. Most counties don't do it, and Orange County is like most of those counties. So earlier this year, I was trying to do a, understand what was happening in the Orange County data. Right. Now, this will also be true of other counties, so I don't want to uh, be hanging out Orange County to dry. Uh, it's true in other counties as well. But to describe Orange County, it's a metropolitan area. Uh, it's becoming more and more diverse. Uh, you know, LA, uh, Santa Ana is more like an LA vibe, while Southern Orange County is more like, uh, you know, Northern County, San Diego, and affluent areas. Yeah, Orange County is, I think it's the third largest county uh, in the, in the state, maybe San Diego, Los Angeles, bigger, uh, and uh, it's very affluent. It's very conservative. Uh, so it's a. Uh, it is changing demographic. This is for the first time. There's more liberal registered voters than conservative. And to describe California, let me know if this is fair. When you start with Northern California, for me, it's almost like Southern Oregon. We talk about, you know, Roseville, those areas, uh, and, you know, Reno, it's close, Reno, Nevada, more like a more uh, country kind of vibe, uh, slower conservative into the Central Valley, which is very, very conservative. The mentality reminds me of Florida. And you have people with, you know, Confederate flag, Nazi emblems running around Fresno, you know, the Fresno area. Then you go into the very, very liberal San Francisco. It gives me like a New York vibe where people talk really fast, very affluent area. You know, real estate is skyrocketed, but people can afford it. As you go into Silicon Valley, then you hit Santa Barbara, LA. LA, very cosmopolitan, but a little slower than San Francisco. And then you head into Orange County, a little slower still, which you described. And then you go into San Diego and then to the border. When you get to El Cajon, that's really pretty much Mexico, a Mexico vibe. As northern San Diego and southern Orange County seem to have the same type of culture. So that's my snapshot of California, especially for those around the country that are interested to know you know, how California is and how the, the different regions are kind of split up from a cultural standpoint. Yes, it's a, it's a strange state with regard to the United States. One, because it's, it's, it's length. Right. 
and is uh, probably Texas is bigger in terms of square feet, but California is very long. It's got 34 million people and it's got lots of different environments. Texas is bigger probably by square footage, but it's all Texas. Right. You know you're there unless you're down in, at the beach. Right. It all pretty much looks the same, whereas California... And the culture's varies. the same. Even though maybe Austin might be a little different, it's a little different, not a lot different. Yeah, I know. California has the different cultures, as you very aptly pointed out. Uh, with regard, I think in our next episode, we'll be talking about looking at California as a whole and talking about the homelessness situation in the state as a whole. What's interesting, just to foreshadow that talk, is there's almost none of those things come to play in determining homelessness. It's not as if the conservative versus liberal determines whether or not they're homeless or the rural versus urban. Got it. None of those factors, as diverse as we are, seem to be predictive of uh, homelessness. In the next episode, we'll go into that in much more detail. Today, I wanted to continue maybe as a, a final closure on just how bad the data is that right. we're dealing with. And for this one, I, I looked at uh, Orange County. Well, I actually read all 39, 39 counties, reports on all 39 counties. And I read them from 2015, 2017, and 2019, and sometimes where they did it in between. So I, I read a lot of the reports. And uh, my, because I live in Orange County, I probably read Orange County with more depth than I read the other ones. And, uh, but while I was reading it and trying to do a report, uh, I noticed some funny things. So while I'm reading the point in time report, and this is the official report released in July, available uh, on the county website, I found some funny things. So I'm reading about adults with mental health issues. And on one page, it's telling me there are 1,657 adults. And another page, talking about that same group, it's telling me there are 1,594 adults, uh, almost 100, a difference of 100 adults. And uh, so when they talk about them, the, the regional count says this many, but the disability count says that many. And I'm thinking, well, but why? There's either 1,657 or 1,594. Whether you count them by region or by disability, you should have the same count. Why are you coming up with different counts? So I, I couldn't understand that. And uh, while I was busy with that, I had the same problem of counting youths, the number of kids. On one page, they're telling me there's 1,210 kids. On another page, they're telling me there's 986. And when they count it up somewhere else, they come up with 966. So it's not just, and it's everywhere I look, number of people with developmental disabilities ranges from 609 to 616 and 622. Well, how can that be? This either... 622 or 609. Right. It extends then through the veterans. There's 296 on this page. The other page says there's 311. Transitional age youth, well, maybe there's 227, or maybe there's 275. Or seniors, maybe there's 607, maybe there's 612. Take your pick. This page, they say this many. This page, 
they say that many. So as I'm reading through the report, different numbers keep popping up all the time. And I ended up looking at seven different groups like veterans, seniors, development. In every single group, I found discrepancies. So not only, as we said in the earlier segment, not only is the PIT, date, point, PIT meaning point in time, uh, not only is the point in time whole methodology seriously flawed, but now here in Orange County, they can't even report the numbers correctly. So, and you'd have a different impression. Now, some of those numbers are pretty big. Uh, and, and something that, that triggered, right? It's just the, the incredibleness of it. Because this is an extremely, what should be an extremely rich county. You have the University of Irvine, which is a premier university. Uh, you know, US, USC and UCLA get a lot of uh, press. But if you go to Irvine, they'll tell you that they're one of the top uh, universities in the country. And they're on par with USC and UCLA. And there's a big liberal influence at the University of Irvine. Yet, in Orange County, these numbers are so flawed. Yeah, well, bear in mind, the, the, uh, the county, the people responsible for this uh, point-in-time data, work out of the uh, county executive's office, Frank Kim, who's the county executive, and they have their own little uh, homeless section. It doesn't fall under the health department or community services or, or the research area. It doesn't fall under the county's regular departments. It falls under a special consortium that reports only to Frank Kim. And, and they operate independently. They don't go out there and network with, you know, a UCI or anything else. Well, in theory, they do. And they have a, under them, they have a thing called the Commission uh, to End Homelessness, which has got about 30 members, including the police chief, supervisor, uh, some other people. Right. Uh, so in theory, they do. But for this point in time, survey, they pretty much farm that out to someone else, to an independent people who come in there. But the report itself is the direct responsibility of uh, Susan Price. He's the person who heads up this uh, consortium that reports to Frank Kim. So whether or not the agency they farm it out to, they created the errors or you know, the internal people who do it created the errors, really doesn't matter. It's inexcusable that in a situation as challenging and important to the county as this, that they can't even get their numbers straight. That's horrible. So uh, the resources are there and the brain power should be there. Well, and they paid, I don't know how many tens of thousands of dollars to have this thing done, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. So how they can then turn around and produce a flawed report. Now that sits on top of the fact that the whole methodology, as we discussed, right. to a point in time is flawed. Now, given that, putting that aside, you get the data in and they can't even report that accurately. Right. So that then 
So if, we, if you start with a false premise, you're going to end up with a false conclusion. But they, they could at least get the data straight. They can not get the data straight. Right. So then, uh, so I thought to myself, well, if I can't rely on the county's report of the data, because they have all these discrepancies, and the discrepancies imply errors, because it can't be both, can't be all three of those numbers. So somewhere in there, somebody can't count, right. can't add up. So I decided, okay, I can count. So why don't I get the data from the county, the raw data, and I'll do the counts myself and see what the real numbers are. So there began a voyage, like the voyage of uh, Sinbad, uh, of six months trying to get data out of the county. Now the county is required by law, by the California Public Records Act, to provide data. It's against the law for them to hide the data or refuse to give the data. There are some, I wasn't asking for anybody's name. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't asking for any confidential information, just the data. Uh, particularly, I wanted to know how many people reported that they were homeless and mentally ill, how many people reported homeless and developmentally disabled. And then because I live in the city of Lake Forest, I wanted to know how many homeless people there were in Lake Forest altogether, it didn't matter what they said. Right. And uh, so I, I started that question around April. And the county, about a month later, the county sent me about 100 copies of surveys, they're actually surveys. They sent me the original surveys with some blackouts. And then I said, well, you know, most of these are not responsive to my request. And they said, don't, don't worry, we're gonna take care of you. About a month later, they sent me about another 100 copies of these surveys. I said, well, you know, that's not really responsive to my request. They said, don't worry, we'll take care of you. About a month later, they sent me a zipped Excel file, series of Excel files. So when I unzipped them, I got a little more data, but it really wasn't responsive. So I wrote back to them and again, I said, hey, you know, you're still not responsive. And they said, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And about a month went by and they sent me some more zip file. Uh, and so I looked at those, I unzipped them and I went through them. And I said, well, that's still not responsive. And they said, don't worry, we'll take care of you. And about another month went by. And now they sent me no more zip, no more surveys. Now they actually sent me a big, huge Excel file, but it was coded, so I couldn't interpret it anyway. So I wrote back and said, hey, you know, I don't know if this is responsive or not because you have codes. Could you please give me the codes? So they gave me the codes and I finally uncoded them. This is hours, you know, hours of my life going into this, <laughs> uh, this uh, voyage right. with the county record keepers. And so I finally, with all of that, added up what I had and given their report, what they reported on, I knew that I, I should have about 1,750 records between the 
people who were mentally ill, the people who were developmentally disabled, and the Lake Forest people. I had to extrapolate because some mentally ill people could be developmentally disabled, uh, but I went through and I, I, I did all the analysis. So I, I did an extrapolation and uh, I, I should have had about uh, 1,750 bits of data, uh, individual profiles, but I only had 1,490. So they were 260 short. And uh, so I decided that I probably should sue the county for violating the California Public Records Act. Right. And uh, because that's against the law. They, right. they had 1750, they should have provided it, and, but they didn't, they gave me 1490. So I sat down with a lawyer and went through this excruciating detail and he was very upset with the uh, difficulty not merely the fact that it took six months to get the data, but the fact that they seem to be playing. Here, look at it this way. Here, look at it that way. Here, look at it the other way. They seem to not be doing an honest, an honest person's um, fulfillment of the spirit, much less the letter of the law. Right. Uh, but at the end of the day, he said, you know, looking at what else you've uncovered about how poorly they manage the data, it's possible that 1490 is all they really have. And the 1750 that you're expecting doesn't really exist. Why would you assume that they're any better at giving you the data than they are in reporting the data? So it may be that there are really only 1450 uh, records. They mistook them and then went ahead and wrote their report. And so he said, it's really not a, a case of proving that they have violated the law. He said, it's a clear case of proving that they're incompetent. But <laughs> being incompetent is not against the law. He said, if you wanted to, we could you know, go ahead and pursue the legal right. case and ultimately make them respond to a third party who had access to all the data and see what happened. He said, but I'm, I'm inclined to think that what you've proved is they're incompetent, not that they violated the law. Anyhow, so, and I, you know, I personally don't want to sue the county. Right. Uh, and it's, it's violation of a civil statute, just to make it clear for the audience that they're not necessarily a, a criminal uh, statute. No, it, it's a civil, it's a civil statute and, uh, uh, it looked like they complied, however reluctantly and however difficult they made it for me. So why would they withhold the, the last 260 when they gave me 1450? Oh, that, that was the the rationale of the uh, of the lawyer. I, I did ask a senior person in the uh, in the department whose name will not be mentioned for obvious reasons whether or not what he thought, you know, did he think that they were purposefully denying the data or did he just think it was incompetence? Right. He, he laughed and he said, no, he said, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all that uh, it's incompetence. And for, because we get listeners from all over the country, uh, each state interprets the law, has different laws. I know that in Florida, right, 
uh, ignorance and incompetence is no excuse for breaking the law. But here in California, they kind of view that differently. Yeah, I mean, the, the point is, were they willfully denying the information or was the information, which in California would be against the law? Right. Or was it their incompetence in suggesting that there were 1,750 people who met this criteria when in fact there was only 1,460? Given all the errors they made elsewhere, it seems more logical that it was incompetence and not willful right. uh, disregard for the law. And I don't mean, I don't mean to uh, disparage or attack Orange County. I suspect had I done this in any county, I would have found the same things. In fact, reading right. the 39 counties, I, I often, these kinds of errors I found in many other counties. Orange County was not the only county. Sure, if you went to Fresno or Rosemead, way up there, same thing would have happened. I found them in many counties. And here's a bit of a, uh, a rub in that the more data a county provides, the more likely they are to have errors. Yeah. So there are some counties who give you almost nothing. Orange County, to its credit, gives you a really full report. And uh, so that's great because there's lots of information. It's too bad it's a flawed report, <laughs> and it's too bad it's based on, you know, the, right. the fundamentals right. are bad. But to their credit, they did give me a full report, and they, there are probably only about a dozen other counties, similar to Orange County, who do give you a full report. The dangers in doing that are the fact that there are errors, so it's, it's not uh, only Orange County who, who had such bad, um, who had so many errors. I only got the raw data, requested it from Orange County, and it may well be that in all the other counties too, that in fact, not only is the report flawed with errors and discrepancies, but the fundamental basis upon which it's built, the database there is flawed. That's disturbing because it all sits on top of a model that's flawed. Right. And what's worse of all, and I may be a little repetitious here, is that this is the fundamental building block upon which politicians make laws, public officials make programs, and services are provided to the homeless. It's comical, right? It, I mean, it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Funny if it weren't so sad, yeah. And um, again- And that's why, you know, and, and it's awesome because we're getting down to the details and why the homeless situation is such a disaster, right? And such a big problem and why it's so out of control everywhere. Yeah, I think it was ignored for many years and you know, all these counties, Orange, Orange County is making a Herculean effort to get better. There's no question that they are trying their best and working as hard as they can uh, to make things better. Uh, and I, I've seen that in, and I've talked to other counties and seen it in their report. People are running as fast as they can to catch up with a problem that they ignored for so many years till it became a crisis. So let's give them credit for trying to do a better job and doing a better job, but from coming from you know almost total ignorance and this was this was just not an issue that f even five years ago 
people treated all that seriously. Uh, that being said, they have a long way to go. Give them credit for the work they are doing uh, here in Orange County and elsewhere, but with very few exceptions, and later on we'll talk about the exceptions, with very few exceptions, is there anybody I can point to and say, oh, go look at that, boy, am I impressed by that. Right. Those are very few exceptions. Uh, but that's important as we look at homelessness, as we look at what the problem is, and more importantly, as we look at how we can deal with it, and even more importantly than that, how we can prevent it. As we look at those, it's important to always keep in mind the data we have and how precarious information we have, how fragile that information is and how flawed it is, so that let's not be so convinced and so certain that as we're doing this, it's the right thing to do because we're looking at the data. So always keep in mind that the data itself is seriously flawed. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, because now the why drives the what. So we got great insight into the why. And throughout the series, I've gotten insight. Now I'm kind of really nailing down, uh, you know, the why driving the what and what I see, right? Um, it kind of makes the world more clear to me. And when I see homeless folks out there, um, I see clearly how it got to this end point, right? When you look at the first part of when we started, where we talked about the different types of homeless. And then on top of that, we add how the data is skewed, right? Uh, how we don't have, um, you know, the mental institutions we had in the Reagan era. You put all those things together, it's very, very illuminating. Yeah, it's a tragic situation because the homeless, and then particularly the homeless with disabilities, and certainly the temporary homeless, you know, this population has suddenly grown, and they are really the, a high-risk group of people. And uh, this is where most attention, it's where you should have the best data and the best people doing it and the finest reports so that we can solve these. So to find that here in such a challenging issue with people who are so much at risk, that they're doing such a sloppy job from the federal government to the state, right, to the local local counties is a real tragedy. Yeah, no, it's a modern day tragedy. And even deeper the tragedies, we have the resources to do a good job. And as we move forward, um, this has inspired me to write a blog to kind of put this all together. And then as the series moves along, uh, we're gonna start providing answers. And we're gonna start giving a roadmap that we all can kind of band together and do good as a society uh, to mitigate this problem. Yeah, the, you know, the our direction is towards uh, solutions for treatment and for care and for prevention. 
But to get an there, assessment, I think assessment, right? Right in the beginning. Oh, assessment, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, and then uh, a great value and a great benefit of this podcast, and these series of podcasts, is that in major media, even in minor media, you hear a lot of band-aids on the cancer, right? They say, well, 80% of homeless are there because of bad decision-making. No, it, it's a much more nuanced, um, very diverse, and it's not just as simple as that. Yeah, it's not simple at all. And, you know, we we could we could have started this with here. I'm an expert and I'm going to tell you what to do. But that's not the goal. The goal here is to educate people so everyone listening to this and everyone they talk to can be better educated so that they can bring demands and questions to their leaders at the local, state, and federal levels so uh, they understand the situation when we understand, as you said, it's not simple, how complex this is and what we're dealing with. At the end of that road, we can start the discussions of solutions and uh, to assessment, to care, to treatment, and to prevention. But unless we do the homework, unless we understand how we got there and what the building blocks are, we really won't be prepared to have solutions. Absolutely. And we'll close with this because one of the things that hit me is I have here the four agreements. And one of the agreements is do not make assumptions. And one would assume that with the resources the federal government has, with the resources we have in Orange County, that we would have a legit study. And that is far from the case. All right. So thank you so much for listening to the I Love South Orange County podcast as we tackle and we educate uh, this very important problem. Uh, but I feel very inspired through the first podcast and uh, very motivated uh, to continue forward, All right? Thank you for listening.